Welcome back to the In the Trenches podcast by SoCal Student Ministries. We hope you're having a great day. And we're just so excited that you decided to tune in today and take a listen to this podcast. Today, we're going to be sitting down with Gary and Corey going over help. We are growing our youth ministry, looking over different tactics, looking over different plans to do once you reach that that 50 number, that 100 number, that 200, 300, and um, light years beyond. Again, just thank you so much for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to In the Trenches. We're so excited for this podcast today, getting to talk about growth in youth ministry and how to function once we get to those certain numbers that we're striving for, certain numbers that we are um, looking forward to hitting. Today, I get to sit down with Gary Garcia. Hey. And the one and only Corey White. Yo. Corey, you know what's funny is on this podcast, you get brought up a lot. I do. Like a, a lot. And the one guy that always talks about you isn't here today. Praise God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and I feel like if he was here, it would just be a bunch of rambling between both of you guys just going uh, over just craziness. Yeah. Me and Elliot on talking at the same time is typically not good. <laughs> no one else is going to get a word in. Yeah. Usually just me and Gary like stare at each other like, I want to get our opportunity to talk. <laughs> It's like seven minutes into it. Like, bro, that's a seven-minute thing. Like, <laughs> we need to get a clock in here, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but, Corey, why don't you go ahead and just share who you are, where you're from, for those that um, haven't listened. This is their first time jumping on, maybe not have heard of you. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, so my name's Corey. Uh, with uh, my wife, Amber, we get to lead youth ministry at the Bridge Church in uh, the Temecula Marietta area. We absolutely love it. So, so cool. We've been there for about five years now. And it's been phenomenal. It's been super, super fun. So that's what life has been for us. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, so it's it's crazy because Corey, he called me probably like two weeks ago, three weeks ago now, and was like, hey, I had this podcast idea because Corey's one of the faithful that listens every week. <laughs> and uh, he was like, I had this podcast idea, and it was something that he said that he didn't not so much struggle with, but wish he knew before starting um, youth ministry and really starting at the bridge. And so, Corey, why don't you just kind of explain your heart behind this topic? Yeah. And so um, at the bridge, we we've been growing in our youth ministry um, a lot, like, mm. you know, pretty exponentially. And, and it's been really cool. Um, we experienced some some pretty awesome growth back when we were uh, over at Elsinore First Assembly. And in a lot of ways, we just like we were not prepared for the growth. There's a lot of things in the past, especially couple years here, probably the past three years some things that we learned by trial and error. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking like maybe trial and error isn't the best way to always learn things. Yeah. And there's a few things that I know, like I'm just sitting there, Gary, do you, do you remember the song that goes, I wish that I knew what I know now. Yeah. When I was younger, thank God, because I've sing that song all the time and nobody else knows it. I think but. I know that song. Who's it by? I have no idea. I don't even know. It's, it's a like, super old song. They'd use it for commercials. Yeah, it's yeah. like commercials and movies and stuff. So that was my thought. Like, I wish I would have known some of this like simple stuff um, at the different stages of ministry and growth, and probably could have avoided a lot of stuff. Probably could have managed um, managed some growth a little bit better. And here's what I believe to be true: God will entrust us with a harvest that's a little bit above what we're ready for because mm. then we're always dependent on him 
but he's probably not going to trust us with a harvest that far, 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 far surpasses what we're ready for. So what we have to do is, I think, when God trusts us with the harvest, we have to prove ourselves faithful and fruitful of that harvest, and then comes in the next harvest. And then we prove ourselves faithful and fruitful with that harvest, and then he trusts us with the next one, um, a kind of step-by-step thing. And so, yeah, my, my thought was like, man, I would love to share just some of the simple things that we've learned along the ways that I think um, would probably help some people. And um, I know this isn't for everybody, but I know it's for a few people post-COVID, mm-hmm we have found this unexpected boom of momentum and i was thinking it can't just be us and and i'd love to um love to chat through um some of this stuff with some people who maybe are growing as well and there's stuff that we'll talk about probably that'll be all the way you know because we've amber and i have led youth ministry everywhere from about 10 students to about 300 plus students. And I know for some 300 is like, oh my gosh, that's like massive. And for yeah. some 300 is like, whatever, like, you know, you're barely scraping the surface. But for us, it's the largest ministry that we've ever personally led. Yeah. And so, yeah, we've learned some stuff along the way. And I just felt like, man, some people might benefit from this. Yeah. I think that's so interesting too, because I know a lot of like youth groups that when it came from post COVID or um, BC before co- or no, after COVID, whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say right now. Half the time I don't on this podcast, but we're here. Um, but after COVID and really once we opened the church back up, we did the same thing. It was weird how we we hit this number and I was like, wow, like we're, we're at this place right now. And then we grew from it. And now we're fluctuating in and out, in right. and out. And I know there's a handful of youth ministries that are doing that. And there's also a handful of youth ministries that aren't back to their normal normal numbers yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just different seasons, different areas where yeah. the church is at and everything like that. But I, I do want to say this before we jump into these three questions that we're going to go over today. That this, if you're listening today and you saw the title of this podcast and you're like, sweet, they're going to give me five steps to how to grow my youth ministry. <laughs> no, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, I don't think we can say these different things that might have worked for us, but I think every youth ministry in every area is specific for those students and specific for that culture. Mm -hmm. So this isn't a podcast today where you're going to get these steps and you can apply them and then boom, next week you're going to have 300 students. Um, But more so, this is when we hit those numbers, whether it is, say, 30, whether it's 50, whether it's 40 or whatever it is, um, whatever that may be, uh, there's these certain systems that we can talk about and that we can plug in. And so that's really the first question I want to talk about um, in this podcast. And that is this, what are some systems that maybe you guys um, put in or other youth ministries should put in once they start seeing this growth or even before they start seeing growth that can help them when those numbers do start to come? So, um, for us, one of the biggest things was um, putting in a salvation follow-up system. Um, when you're growing, hopefully the primary way in which you're growing is by students getting saved. Yeah. And so for us, we realized, man, like there's a lot of students getting saved and they're just kind of like giving their life to Jesus and then God knows where they're going or what's happening. And so uh, wanting to stay in unity with our church, um, our pastor, Pastor Gary Martin, he basically wrote a little um, salvation follow up thing called The Next Seven Days. And Mm -hmm. it's a booklet um, that just you read a little portion of stuff every day for the next seven days. And it brings you full circle to the next week of church. And so 
um, we were like, hey, we want to stay in line with the culture of our church, the vision of our pastors. Let's do that. Here's the problem. We're all youth pastors here, and we all know if you hand a student a booklet and yeah. say, go read this for the next week, they're not. it's not going to make it to the car. You're going to see those booklets all over the parking lot, yeah. right? And so we said, how can we do this youth in like the lane of youth? And so what we did is we created, um, I took that uh, same information, same format, and we created seven videos called The Next Seven Days. And so what we do is we just say, hey, if you gave your life to Jesus tonight, um, DM us on our Instagram uh, and just DM us the words next seven will handle the rest. Mm -hmm. And then we have, you know, someone that we call our follow up director who goes into our DMs on Thursday morning, finds all these people, figures out what's their age, um, what like what grade are they in? What gender are they? And then what they do is they hand that to a connect group leader, small group leader. That's we do uh, connect groups. And that connect group leader then sends them the next seven days. Mm. They chat with them. Come Saturday, they're like, you know, right now we're not doing connect groups, but in a typical time, come Saturday, that connect group leader, hey, you know, we're, we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, day three. Here's the day three video. Hey, by the way, we're doing connect groups at church tomorrow. You'll be in my connect groups. Now they already know what connect group they're going to yeah. be in, all of that. And so finding a salvation follow-up like system was huge for us, like in just retaining. Now, here's the thing. Hands that go in the air, we probably get next seven days responses about at about 10 or 20 percent of mm -hmm. how many hands go in the air. So it's not like it's 100 percent effective, but man, like it was a game changer for us. Yeah, no doubt. And it's funny that you say that because it's the same exact thing for us. Like after that conversation, there was something that just sparked in my mind. I was like, we had those cards that you would give if they were a first-time guest or if they were, they just gave their life to Jesus. Like, oh, go talk to, go, go talk to a leader. And it was like the same thing. It was like maybe 90% of them wouldn't do that. Right. And it was only that that 10% or that one student or that two students that would actually go and talk to a leader. And we kind of did the same thing um, for our context was we just created on our website, um, on our church's website, you can go to our Instagram, click the link in the bio, and it says, like, I accepted Jesus. And there's, like, an online connect card that they can fill out. It goes directly to my email, and then we're able to push those out and be able to communicate with them. But there's something that you said and something that I know for me personally that I need to work on, and that is in having that um, that follow-up director in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, that is so clutch to have someone in your team, someone on your team, that that's what they're designated to do is getting them to a certain area getting them to a certain small group or connect group um, so they do feel plugged in mm -hmm. and um, I think that is so huge especially it for the um, retaining those students that do show up because yeah. it's so easy for a student to come in no matter what size of the youth group no um, for a student to come in sit down in a service and then leave and not feel like they were connected with or not mm -hmm. feel like they had someone um, <coughs> welcome them and I think that is so huge um, mm -hmm. But there's something else that you said when it comes to when you, your team starts to grow, and that was a security team. And yeah. pause, uh, pause on that, though, for a second, because I think we can't miss the, the concerning who's listening to this podcast, yeah. is yeah. that small groups are key to that. Yeah. And if you mm -hmm. want w good follow-up, you know, if you're growing, if your youth ministry is growing, um, chances are as a youth pastor, you can't cover everything. And yeah. so... Relying on those small groups. The one thing that, that we talk a lot about in our youth ministry and our church is point of contact. 
Mm, and yep. every student that crosses our path, I want to make sure they have a point of contact with a leader because to me, that's a part of what's going to keep bringing them back is mm-hmm. that they have a point of contact. That every student that comes on a Tuesday night, they have some interaction with a leader, um, you know, and then hopefully within that small group, that leader um, gets their information and we really encourage them to contact them and connect with them. I think the days of old school youth ministry of, of and I've lived in this with, you mm. know, the cards and the paperwork and kids, kids don't like filling stuff no, out. Not at um, all. They don't. And this generation, especially, I, I feel like just wants the, the easiest possible process to be connected. Yeah. Um, but they do want connection mm-hmm. that hasn't changed ever in youth yeah, ministry. Right. Um, they want that connection. So having those small groups um, is, is important. Um, making sure that every student that comes on a youth night has a point of contact with the leader. If you're, if that can't just be you anymore as the youth pastor, then make sure you have the leaders in place to do right. some kind of small group. And small groups doesn't have to be overcomplicated. If you don't have time to put together a small group with all the, the bells and whistles, and then it may be just like a five-minute small group just to touch base with those students per yeah. grade, per um, sex, whatever it is, you know, to make that happen. And then um, I love what, what Corey's doing with the, the seven-day thing, but, you know, for, for all of you, those youth ministries that are, are are a bit smaller, um, I would say too that, and it's and it's out there. But the the Bible app is just yeah. it's key. It's changed the game. Yeah, um, 100%. there's so many good um, devos that are on there that you can use. I know SoCal Network. We have one that you can use as a new believer that you can have students go through. You can go through it with them. Mm-hmm. Now you can actually have conversation in the the devotional as you're going through it. Um, so I, I know some of you may think, well, I can't make my own videos. I can't do a seven, but there's plenty of things out there. You right. just have to look, you just have to connect with other youth pastors on how they're doing it. And, yeah. and so there's some things that I think apply with a big youth group and a small youth group. Mm-hmm. And there's things that are only going to work for your youth group and where you're at and what you're doing, but it's right. discovering those things and not mm-hmm. just settling it. I, I think Corey said it in the beginning that, you know, God gives you almost like a, a bit at a time because, yeah. but you know, it, it's honoring God in the small things. It's making sure you're doing the small things to really get ready. You know, I, I've always used this phrase, uh, um, an evangelist kind of put it in my head years and years ago when it comes to youth ministry, but um, prepare the nets if you want them to overflow. Mm. That's good. That you know, good. And, and you can't just, you know, most youth ministries that I've seen that just kind of blow up overnight um, if they don't put some things into place and get those nets pretty pre- uh, well yeah. prepared, it falls apart just as quickly as it blew up. Yep. Yep. You know, and nine out of ten times, the youth pastor quits because he's burnt out. Yeah. yeah. Now, and I'll just say, like, that is one of the things that was happening with us is we were growing and mm. then we were we were dropping and we were growing yeah. and we were dropping. And we didn't we didn't know and see some of this and we didn't know how to retain yeah like we we i mean and we all know like anybody can put on a big event yeah like we any like anybody can bring in you know throw this big event and whatever but like retaining and pastoring and connecting these students is the challenging and the difficult part but Mm -hmm. what gary is saying is so key because even for us the the whole purpose of next seven days there's it's multi there's multi purposes for it, you know, with us. I know when I got saved, I like knew I was literally like, bro, what did I just get myself into? Mm-hmm. Like I have no, and I have so many questions. Next seven days will answer some of those questions, but the primary focus of next seven days is to get these students in a relationship with a connect group leader. Yeah. Because ministry will always move at the pace of relationship. Like 
And if your if your team can get a hold of this, because here's the reality. Gary said this a second ago. It's like if you're if your youth ministry is growing, like probably you're not going to be the point of contact. Yeah. And I'll say this. Jesus had 12 disciples. Can we really think that we can do much more mm. like at some point? Like you have got to release your student, your your leaders to to reach these students and to disciple these students. And here's our big ask ask with a K on the end. Here's our big ask of our connect group leaders. You be their youth pastor. Mm-hmm. Cause I just can't like yeah. Amber and I, we just can't, we need you to youth pastor these students. Mm-hmm. So the whole point of a system like the next seven days, which if anybody wants that, I'll, uh, you know, we have it on YouTube. We can send it your way. Um, I think a lot of people would be able to put something together really simply, even from your iPhone. Yeah. Like, um, and they're not, uh, ours aren't like they're top notch or anything, but it's a system that's really worked for us. If anybody wants them, you know, get a hold of us, let us know. I'll send you the videos and whatever the anything, take all of it if it works for you, whatever. Um, but the whole point of it is to connect students to their connect group leader, to Good. get them in relationship. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree with you. And I think the same thing, like I, I've seen that, I remember the first year of ministry, just doing junior high, like we hit 70 junior high students in one night. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Like we're growing. And I was like 21. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. We're just throwing pizza at them and we're yeah. playing games. Um, and they were bringing their friends. And out of nowhere, about a month and a half later, I was like, we're back down to 30 kids. Where'd, where'd all yeah. these kids go? And exactly that. And at that mm-hmm. time, I didn't know any better, but there was we had no follow-up. We had mm-hmm. nothing for them um, to really grab a hold of. Yeah, there was messages. Yeah, there was connection with their friends. And at that time, we had four leaders, four mm-hmm. leaders for yeah. 70 students. I was like, this yeah. is ridiculous. It's tough. Um, and that is even something, too. And it kind of goes back to what we've talked about when you grow. It's like you ought to keep growing that leadership team. And I know sometimes it's few and far between of finding a, a, a leader that wants mm-hmm. to be a part of a youth ministry. And I get that. That is, It's one of the most difficult things right now. I mean, for us, we have probably like 12 leaders that are solid. And when re- realistically, it's like we should have like 20. And that's where like, that's I think a lot of times where we can find ourselves hitting a cap is um, I, I don't remember the study. I don't even know if it, it is a study, but ideally it's like you want one leader per like what like five kids five to ten kids oh, that would be awesome i know right and and that's the thing is like when i see i can see a lot of times us hitting um ceilings in youth ministry because of that mm-hmm. because we don't have those leaders to be able to connect with those students but mm-hmm. um there was something else that you said that over the phone i don't even re- i didn't really put it in the notes but um going back to like a security team and yeah. and having somebody mm-hmm. or a, a group of people that are there for when those moments do kind of get out of hand because it mm-hmm. is youth ministry there's students and there's going to be moments where things get out of hand so how, how have you guys um kind of handled that yeah here, here's the thing about that um i've heard gary over the years share some like these really cool stories right like these victory stories of these like gang banging drug using crazy skaters who like came into youth ministry and but they got saved and their whole life changed and they're still serving jesus like 10 years later and all this and everybody at camp and convention and in a service or whatever moment will hear that and be like man i want stories like that in my youth ministry but you got to realize you won't have stories like that without kids smoking weed in your bathrooms. Yeah. Without f- catching kids vaping, without things getting like 
the one that comes with the territory. Yeah. And so if you're going to get unsaved kids coming to your youth group, they're going to do unsaved things. Yeah. You have to be ready to, um, because some of you, Oh, I want that. And I'm like, do you really <laughs> like, do you? Cause here's the thing. And I, I, I've said this, like shout out to my bridge youth team. They are the, the dream team. But the reality is, is for the most part, we're going to be on stage preaching mm-hmm. and we're not going to be having to deal with those things in the yeah. moment we need. So our team is going to have to deal with that. And so what we did is um, through uh, our Sunday morning security team, um, that's just like, man, they, they've, they're just like dialed in and they ran our Sunday morning team is ran by a volunteer, a guy who's retired. Um, he was um, LAPD gang task force for like 20 years. This just like, sharp dude and are there gang members in marietta no they don't (laughs) exist they're not there um uh, we send them all to wyatt in lake elsinore (laughs) but um but he you know we basically told him like hey we need security on wednesday night and so what he's done is he's developed a security team for wednesday night that can i just say like i know our youth team we lean on them for some of this stuff but it is so, it has been so, so vital and mm. so crucial to us that this team operates almost, they're, they're in conjunction with us. They're at our, our youth team um, meetings, our quarterly ones and stuff like that. But on a Wednesday night, they're operating almost as like a separate thing because they're not, they're not just sitting in service. They're yeah. not, they're doing perimeter checks. They are keeping their eyes on stuff that is p- potentially um, a danger. And then when there's situations where, you know, um, we do catch a student doing something that could be quote unquote illegal. I don't know why I said quote unquote illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, then our security team steps in and they help us Mm. with that stuff. They help handle that stuff. And they have from their side of things, you know, um, how we do things policy wise. We, We have incident reports and the way in which we carry stuff out. And then they you know, can help in having conversations with parents because I'm on stage preaching right Mm. now, you know, and that has helped us so much. And can I tell you this? It has given me this level of, I have peace of mind when I'm on the platform preaching because I've had seasons when I'm on the platform preaching, I'm like, okay, point three, I don't even know what my third point is because all I know Mm. is I just saw that kid walk out of the back door of the youth center and I know who that kid is and I know what he's been up to and oh my God, what is he going to do? And none of my leaders followed him. I don't think that anymore because I know that our security team's in the foyer and they're keeping an eye out. It gives me peace of mind that I have other people who are helping keep an eye and help that, that place stay safe. Yeah, no, that's super good. We yeah. do have to say too that Corey is a former security guard. That's true. Where'd you work? Kmart? Uh, Walmart. Wait, are Walmart. you for real? Bro, oh. I was a secret shopper at Walmart in Merino Valley. Dude, bro. Secret shoppers aren't um, security guards, are they? It's worse. We uh, Merino Valley, aka yeah. Murder Valley, yeah. the Day Street Walmart. This guy was the dude who had to stop like gangsters from stealing stuff. How'd you get I, that job? My brother was working, uh, my older brother worked loss prevention for Walmart. And so he just put in the good word and they hired me at 18, bro. I weighed like 130 pounds, like soaking wet. I'm a, I'm a nerd. I go in (laughs) and I'm like, I'm going out on stops on like straight gangsters. Like, Hey, yeah, it's mobile, um, bro. (laughs) 
hi, you stole stuff and you got to come back in the store. And they're like, who's taking me back in? I'm like, me. <laughs> it's like it, I got paid 10 bucks an hour to get in fights and get beat up every day, basically. Bro, what? I it was no wild. Idea. It was wild. That is so good. Yeah. I wish there was video of some of those things. That's what yeah. I wanted to see right there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think everything you just said right now, when it comes back to like the security team, mm-hmm. um, that is so, so clutch to have. And mm-hmm. um, I think almost pretty much at every church, like there's a, some kind of security team. So it's like just talking to them. Because again, mm-hmm. we have maybe we're scarce on leaders or whatnot. We can't afford to have a leader do a perimeter check the whole entire service. Right. Um, it's talking to your security team that is mm-hmm. there um, and seeing if they can have one or two people come out um, every Wednesday or get on a rotation and add it into it. I know it's hard because like for us, like personally, we have a security team and it's hard to get these people, these men that are working mm-hmm. full-time jobs to come out on a Wednesday night yeah. in the middle of the week. It's tough. Um, but that is something I think is so clutch to have mm-hmm. um, just in youth ministry in general, just so mm-hmm. there's protection. Cause again, it, it, it was, it's kind of sad, but we, we live in a time where it's like just crazy stuff that happens all over the place in churches and on um, download youth ministries, Facebook page. I saw this, this, um, post that was like, how many people, um, have concealed carry at your church and how, like, what's your mm-hmm. policy? And so I saw someone from the UK commented on it, and it was like, I can't even imagine having like, this conversation that we have to have concealed carry like in mm-hmm. the churches. And there was a handful of people from the UK that were commenting the yeah. same exact thing. Oh, like, they always do. Like, I, I had a picture up of, uh, I took Ash, because we have guns, and I took uh-huh. him shooting and made, a, a, and some youth pastor from the UK chimed in. I'm just like, unfriend, dude. I don't, <laughs> even, I don't even need you. Like, you're not even from my country. Yeah. He uh, said, this is America, baby. Yeah. Like, like almost shaming me for letting my gun go, or my son go shooting with me. And I'm like, I'm not having it. I'm trying to get mine. Was yeah. Asher, was Asher a good my, shot? Oh, he's, he's a, a great shot. shot. That's what's he up. Is. He, Asher is here yeah. right now. Yeah, Asher's a special guest. But I'm trying to get my concealed to carry. Yeah, yeah. me too. Dude, so. it's so hard. I, I, if you were listening right. last it's week. It's going to change youth convention, bro. <laughs> 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 Why has Gary funny. got that fanny pack up yeah. on today? It looks heavy. Uh, can I can I say real quick, just yeah. along the lines of security team, um, one of the ways, one of the best things you could do, and especially if you don't have a security team, is have a specific, simple process for what you, your leaders, anybody does in yeah. a moment where there's anything like violence, drugs, vaping stuff, whatever. You figure out, and it, every, for everybody is different, but you figure out what is your process going to be. Here's yeah. what our process is. We have an incident report. Our team knows where to find these. Um, there's a spot, a place they find it. They go, they fill out this incident report that has like names, phone numbers, blah, blah, blah all of that sort of stuff. And then um, basically what they do is they call the students, uh, the students' parents on the spot. Um, they call them. They have them come pick the student up. They fill out the incident report and they let the parent know, Pastor Corey will be calling you tomorrow, which would be a Thursday. They'll be calling you tomorrow. So now I might not have even been in the situation, but I have an incident report with the student's name, with what happened, with who was involved, who on my team handled the situation, the student's parents' names, their parents' uh, contact information, all this. And the student did have to go home, but now I'm going to call the parent and I have now the ability to follow up maybe now i have the ability to make a connection with a parent Mm -hmm. help pastor them love them resource them whatever and then deal with the situation from there so our leaders know now okay we caught this kid vaping in the bathroom 
So we grab the incident report from here. We fill out the incident report. We contact their parents. We send them home. We let the parents know what happened. Pastor Corey will be following up with you tomorrow. Um, and I call Thursday morning and we deal with the situation then. So the thing is, is if you don't know and your team doesn't know and nobody knows and even the students now don't know what happens mm -hmm. if there's a situation like this, if there is no end result, yeah. the students are going to do whatever. Yeah. And then that word's going to get out. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, but the first time a student goes home because they vaped in the bathroom and everybody else starts hearing about that and they see all of a sudden students know, oh, if I vape in the bathroom, I will get caught. I will get sent home. My parents will find out and all of that, you know, and it just set, and also now your team's equipped. Yeah. Your team knows what to do. Your team's not over here like, I don't know, you know, and they feel like I, I'm not sure what to do. And now all of a sudden God sees you have created an atmosphere, a space and a place where students are safe. Yeah. I'm going to send more students in your direction. It's our church has been the same. Like I, there's like three spots where kids will go do stuff at our church <laughs> since the 80s. Why did Asher just <laughs> smile and <laughs> nod his head when since, you said that? Since the 80s, like it's the same spot. So I, I have like three places I have to look and they don't even use the bathrooms. All they use the bathrooms for is the girls use it for TikTok videos. But um, <laughs> but it's it's funny because we do have people that do walk um, on, on Tuesday nights, mm -hmm. but it really is like I can see one of the spots from my office. I caught kids the other night. I didn't even have to go far. I just looked out the window and could see oh, they're <laughs> they're doing stuff over there. Yeah, yeah. that's it's funny because you said you said that uh, you would send them home for vaping. I'm like, man, if we did that, half of our kids wouldn't be showing. <laughs> like, <laughs> some of his leaders would be like, Pastor Charlie, I ain't coming if I can't bring it. Man, Pastor Charlie, I know how no, you feel dip. about the vapes, but dip. How about that? <laughs> I I'll thought without my Elliot cups here. Okay. <laughs> I thought without Elliot here, there wouldn't be any of the oh. redneck jokes, but it has to happen at least yeah, one one time happen. an episode. And if it doesn't, it's not a uh, in the trenches. For the record, episode. Pastor Charlie Headley quoted Snoop Dogg right before the podcast happened. So he's not quite as white as he's made out to be on this podcast. There it is. Can I just say really quick, too. Yeah. If anybody wants that incident report that we have, mm. it has the bridge name on the top. White. That, I think we could probably even take it off. White that out. Yeah. Put your church's name on it and make that your incident report. Yeah. Save you time of having to figure out or even just use it as a reference. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think just even having incident reports in general, because um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's like been a handful of situations where um, they've happened and we don't have an instant report and we have right. no record of that. Mm -hmm. And then that just comes back on the logistics yeah. side of things of your church. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's so key. And no, and you even said it's like making sure your leadership team knows where they can find those yeah. and knows how to fill those out mm -hmm. um, is going to be huge. Because um, the reality is if you, uh, I mean, if your youth ministry really starts growing, if you get into the hundreds, 150s, 200s, you will inevitably have, I mean, even if not, if you're in just in youth ministry yeah. for a long time, you will inevitably have a situation where the police get involved. Like, are, do you, got, you guys have Riverside County Sheriff yeah. here? Um, so we, we have Riverside County Sheriff uh, in Temecula, Marietta. And so when we've had a few incidents that happened that the sheriffs had to get involved, the first thing they ask you is, do you have an incident report yeah. on hand of the event? Do you have any record of what happened and who was involved? And when, if you, man, when you say no, it's like, they're pretty much like, I, well, yeah. we can't do much then, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it, there will be, 
if you're growing, I, I mean, I pray that somehow God protects you and never happens. But for, you know, for us, we've had a handful. And so that preps you for anything. That's a big deal, you know? Yeah, no, I think for sure. And I think I want to add this just real quick. And you guys can chime in on it if you want um, before we get into our last question. And that's this. Um, we This whole podcast is really this whole episode just talking about what to do as we start to grow. Um and we kind of hit on it a use little bit. Use Planning Center. Yeah. yeah if I've you're not using huge. Planning Center, use Planning Center. It, I mean, and then at the same time, if your church can't, uh, your church doesn't have the means to get Planning Center, have some kind of format, whether that's on Excel, whether that's on Word, like having some kind of a layout of your service so everybody knows what's happening, when yeah. to go. And scheduling. Mm-hmm. Planning Center will save you from having to text people every single week. Like, <laughs> use it. Yeah, Planning Center is the goat if you guys have the means. They have Planning Center or any kind kind of other like service planning um, apps there that are out there. But th- there was something that I learned probably like that second, third year into it once we hit that number 70 of junior high kids and dropped back down to 40 was the reason why was we were just doing the same thing over and over and over again and hoping for something. And I think that's what's the um, – the cha- not chaos, but um, I forgot. Oh, well. doing The definition of insanity, insanity is there we go. doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Yeah, and – I think Come when on, it comes I'm a preacher. I mean, it is oh what it is. Gosh. This is the last time Corey's on the, app, the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, we were doing that, and we were expecting this, the same result for us to grow, mm-hmm. for us to grow, for us to grow, and it, it just wasn't happening. And I think once we start, once your ministry starts growing, or whatever it is that you are doing, once it starts to grow, you can't continue to do the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. That's when these systems get into yeah. play. That's when um, different schedules get into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's so so key to make sure that we yeah. know that when those moments do yeah. come. All I'll say about that is what Charlie's not saying is try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. No, no. Like, I, I've been doing youth ministry for 12 years. Charlie, how long? Six. Pa- Gary? Huh? It's a long time. As long as I've been alive, almost. And 29. 29 years. And there are some things that worked 29 years ago that will work today. Yeah. Like relationship connect groups, all this sort of stuff. What I would encourage you to do is build upon your infrastructure. Mm. Add layers on top of it. Like, here's what's working. We're not going to stop doing it just for the sake of trying to be cool and yeah. new and reinvent the wheel. And we're, you know, this year, so many people, we are going to flip ministry on its head. We're going to do it different than anyone's ever done it. We're going to try new things. And I felt specifically God tell us, um, don't do that. And the word for the word of the year for our team was stay the course. Mm. We are not going to change everything. We are going to fine tune. We're going to build upon what it is that we have. And we're going to add things little by little that'll strengthen us. And some of it is these systems. Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. Um, but the last question I just want to ask you guys, and, and it's specifically for the youth pastors that are listening right now, um, as youth ministry grows, how does our role as youth pastors change? And we touched on it a little bit, and we've touched on it in the past in certain podcasts, but as we grow, how, do, how does our role as youth pastors change? You have to really get comfortable with and, and understand um, the art of... Uh, of um, that's what I'm looking for. Handing off. Yeah, but uh, delegation. 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 I mean, you know, and to me, that is an art. That is a, yeah. you know, it's not something most people are good at. Mm-hmm. And it's something that most youth pastors aren't good at, um, that you have to learn and understand how to delegate, how to um, how to let others have the spotlight, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, to, to be able to do the things that you want to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the disciples. The disciples 
couldn't do everything. I, I think it's in Acts where it talks about Stephen and, and the, the other six guys that mm. they were so busy that they weren't able to help the widows anymore. Yeah. And so they had to literally say, we got to keep doing what we're doing. So to do that, we've got to let go of this and make sure there's others to do it. It's the same in youth ministry. You can't do it all. You shouldn't try to do it all. And I think youth pastors tend to want to be in the spotlight. I mean, yeah. I think it's in some of our DNAs. That, but it's so important that we're building up people around us that can mm -hmm. do some of those things. Like mm -hmm. the, the fact that someone else is calling students on Thursday morning at yeah. the bridge is a huge thing that Corey's not having to take that and that he can focus on other things. And so I think, you know, if you if you want to grow, because like if you don't learn to delegate and you grow, um, it, something will fall apart yep. very quickly. And mm -hmm. either you'll stop growing or you'll quit because you, you're trying to do it all and you'll just mm -hmm. burn out and be tired and, and overwhelmed. Yeah. So delegation key. Yeah. yeah. And I, I heard recently going off that point that Jesus didn't prepare his disciples for his presence. He prepared them for his absence. Mm. So don't tell me you're a good leader if you have to be present for everything that's mm, yeah, going on. That's good. You know, we, we were talking mm -hmm. about doing this pastor swap thing, Charlie and I, and uh, and I know they've done it before, and we've all gone to each other's groups. And um, Gary and Elliot, they travel around sometimes yeah. on night where their youth groups. And man, like they can leave and their youth group still great. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they've they've handed off, they've equipped the team, um, they've They've delegated, they've released control of some things. And the thing about that is you've got to be okay with people doing doing things different than you would do it. Yeah. yeah. I heard a I heard a leadership podcast one time say, uh, uh, this Craig Rochelle, he said, You can have growth or you can have control, but you mm. can't have both. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good. One of the things that I would say that would will, will be fluid that I wish I would have known younger is to on every look because again, we've We've led youth ministries everywhere from 10 students to 300 plus. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have known to enjoy the season that I was in. Yeah. Because when I move on to the next season, there's things that I won't be able to do that I'm going to miss. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm never going to just be like, well, then I'm just not going to grow and I just want to stay here. No, I'm not content with that. Healthy things grow. Mm. It, you know, healthy things grow. And so, um, for example, I remember in the early years at, at EFA, we would have youth, we worship, blah, 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 Jesus name, amen. Hey, everybody, uh, we're going to order pizza. Mm -hmm. Go to my house. I was living in a house in the back of the church. We're going to go to my house, order pizza, and watch Star Wars. And I could tell the whole youth group, anybody who wants to come over, come over. Yeah. Not a chance in the world could I do <laughs> that now. Yeah. And can I tell you, I miss it. Yeah. I miss that. Man, enjoy the season that you're in. Mm -hmm. Like, don't always be so focused on like, well, we've got 10 students, so I want 25. That's great. Have that all the while remembering. When you get to 25, there's some things about 10 students that you're going to miss. When yeah. you get to 100, there's things about 50 that you're going to miss. When you get to 250, there's things about 150 that you're going to miss. So enjoy the season that you are in because it's, man, youth ministry is so, so much fun on every single level yeah so yeah. don't forget that can i say this too charlie yeah. to, to youth pastors don't grow don't grow an unrooted tree yeah yeah um so you know I, i've seen youth groups and i know i'm, pr I'm probably been guilty of this in the past of you know you, uh, again 
most youth pastors can grow things and, and you can grow a huge youth group. But if you've grown a bunch of kids who have no foundation or mm-hmm. no root, they will fall away. That growth yeah. will be for nothing. That yeah. tree will fall down because it has no roots. It has no way to survive. The first storm, um, the first big incident, the, the first whatever it is, that won't last. Yeah. It won't last. If you're going to build, build something to last. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not having the biggest youth group. And I, I said right. this in the past. It's not for me. It's not having the biggest youth group in the world. I want to have the healthiest youth group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I think that's, that's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and I, if I could say, Charlie, yeah. uh, you know, in the one of the things I think Gary has done so well as – a youth pastor as a leader and this might be i mean a a different angle on the question that you just asked but gary has done so well at creating something there at cornerstone that students are proud Mm -hmm. to show their friends yeah see they bring their friends and they're you pull up to cornerstone you see all these kids out front skating and the cool thing the first thing you see at cornerstone is a skate park yeah the kids out there skating and you show up and kids are right away have never been to church like what like this is church this is so cool and they go inside and they have it set up and looking in a way that like teenagers are like this looks so and then worship happens and it's like oh my god kids are jumping around and having fun and game create something create a culture create an atmosphere create a ministry a youth ministry that your students are proud to show their friends but realize that that starts with you and mm-hmm. some of that's going to be relinquishing control. And this is why for us, big planning meetings, we bring in 13-year-olds, yeah. 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds. We bring in young adults. And then we have some of us older guys in the room as well. Yeah. Create that. And in the midst of that, the last thing I'll say is one of the biggest ways your role will change. This was the maybe the hardest thing that I had to adjust when I came to the bridge is as our team started growing, as our group started growing, um, right now we have uh, 68 people on our team roster. We have Mm. 68 people who say they're on our team. Now that includes student leaders. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're right around 300. We're we're on the fringe of 300 students. Like that's crazy. First off, never forget this. We're not doing any of the, I was about to say crap. I don't know if I could say crap on the podcast. Robert, edit it out. Um, <laughs> we're not we're not doing any of this. We're just we just get to be a part of what God's doing. Yeah. But one of the hard things we had to calibrate is you start having to pastor your team and let them pastor the students. And I felt this, you know, cuz the thing is I I don't I don't want to you know, I, not that I don't want to, but if it's like, do I want to do this big, like write this leadership book that would change hmm. the world or go play basketball with some junior high boys? I want to go play basketball yeah. with junior high boys. Like, that's what I want to do, you know, but in being an effective leader, you realize it's not all about me. It's not about what I want to do. And I'm still going to do that stuff. It's still, but in a lot of ways, I'm going to have to pastor my team more. And I felt when I got to the bridge, I felt a little bit more distance Mm. from students on a more regular basis. And I found myself hanging out with, uh, pouring into pastoring my leaders. And I was like, bro, young adults annoy me. Why am I spending so much more time with my young adult leaders? I want more time with students, but I realized we're having to lead them. So here's what I say. As you grow, find your three and then find your 12. Mm. You're going to have probably three people that you're going to pour into 
heavy, heavy. Like, and Jesus, he had his three. Yeah. And then he had the 12. And then he had beyond that. So find your three, find your 12. That list probably will change season to season. Yeah. But you just probably can't do much more. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. That's super good with everything that we just said. And I, I just want to hit this real quick and then we'll, we'll close this out. Um, when it comes back to the idea of delegation and just bringing, even you said it, Corey, of like bringing certain people on the team when it comes to planning. Um, it, it's funny. We, we talk about Robert here and there, and he's the guy that runs the sound for the podcast. Um, Robert's 20 and I'm 26. I'm not that old. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Gary got up right now. Like if he was going to say like Robert Singleton. Oh, he is. Yeah. Like we got to <laughs> hook this brother up. Like if there's that, you know, youth leader that's out there that's just like, I'm going to be a youth pastor's wife. Do I have a guy for you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you can follow him on Instagram, <laughs> but, um, and are you not going to plug his Instagram? What's your Instagram? Is it at Robert Arroyo, right? Sassy Latino. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, we'll sit down in planning meetings and going over service, and there's another guy that runs our Hoopa Valley campus, um, the youth ministry there, and he's 20 as well. And they come up with these ideas, and I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah. And I'm 26, and I'm like, this makes no sense. Like, none of the kids are going to want this. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I'm like, all right, like, this is where I have to take a step back and let this next generation lead yeah. the generation that's coming. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to delegation. Mm-hmm. I feel super uncomfortable. I don't like it because it's not what worked five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's not what worked six yeah. years ago. Um, but it's what's working right now, yeah. and it's what the kids like yeah. right now. And having what you guys just said all mm-hmm. together, like having that on your team yep. is going to be so yep. key. But it's going to yep. make you have to take a stance yep. of humility and take a stance of being able to take yeah. that step back. Here's the key, and, and I learned this from our friend Paul Reed. Mm. You have to be inspired, not uh, what's what's the word that starts with I that's like threatened, you know? Because Intimidated? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Inspire. You're a preacher too. Come, Come on, on now, somebody. Charlie. Come on, somebody. I love the way you say somebody. <laughs> I, li- I listen to the podcast just for that. Um, you've got to be inspired, not intimidated. Mm-hmm. And Paul Reed uh, taught this with uh, David and Jonathan. And mm. it's like you, he was, he was inspired, not intimidated. You know, everybody in this room knows, uh, you know, guy who's on our youth staff uh who we got to hire this last year named jj rodriguez yeah everybody loves jj jj carries such influence he's charismatic he's funny he's the kid i gave him opportunity at 16 years old to preach and he's up there preaching and i'm like i hate you because you're you're better than me (laughs) and i do this for a living and you're 16 yeah but what what i chose not to do is go i'm gonna be I'm going to be intimidated by JJ because the kids might like him more. Is it? No, mm. I'm going to be inspired and I'm going to leverage what the, the gifts and the influence God's given to JJ. I'm going to leverage that. And man, it's amazing having him on our team, yeah. but it wouldn't work if as we're kind of, you know, we're getting a little bit out of touch with what, cause you're going to have relevance when you're young. You're going to have wisdom when you're old, right? Mm. The young people, young people, you need some older people who have wisdom, older people. You need some young people who have yeah. relevance. But if we get intimidated by them, man, we're going to miss so much. Yeah, exactly. This is a good podcast. This is a really good one. There's like another question. but we It's probably because Elliot's not here. Yeah, that's how it <laughs> usually goes, too. Man. When was the last? Well, we had an episode without him, and it went really smooth. Oh, when we had Christian from Vantage Point right here in Come on. Oh, yeah, that was my favorite episode. <laughs> not even the one you were on? No, that one. <laughs> 
Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Gary, thank you for being here with us today. Yep. Corey? Thanks for having me. Of course, bro. Um, well, we love every one of you guys, and thank you so much for taking a listen today, and we will catch you next week. Boom, 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 boom.